Dear listener, it's Monday morning, the dreaded beginning of the work week, and Matt and I have some advice for you to make it through the next five days on this mini-episode of The Working Experience. Enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it Hey everybody, welcome to this TGIM episode of the Working Experience Podcast. Uh, this is Maddie Kay. And John, and welcome to this sweet, sweet Monday morning. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Put that in, St- put that staring, in perspective. <laughs> staring down the barrel of the beginning of the work week. And, you know, I... I popped up this morning, revved up the juicer, banged out a thousand push-ups, and I'm ready to dive into the week. When people say, uh, I think originally today's the first day of the rest of your life was meant as a positive thing, but when I, when I think today is the first day of the rest of my life, oh my god, <laughs> this is the first day and this is it this is the first day what's gonna happen on the hundredth oh my god if if this is your first time listening to the work and experience podcast you might be thinking what the hell am i listening to right now but this is our mini episode of the work and experience called thank god it's monday (sighs) where matt and i kind of grab you by the shoulders and rev you up for the work week. We give you that extra push of inspiration and, I don't know, it's a, a, it's a gentle kick in the pants to get your hustle on for the week. No, it's a, it's a hard kick that is aimed at the back of the nutsack to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to knock you on the ground. Because that's what the week's going to do to you, basically, metaphorically. So you might as well just get used to it. Yeah, you you can see the the abject abject misery on people's faces as you you head into work if you're on a on a train or a bus um, or you know or in a car. Just look to your left and right, and you'll just see the the absolute despair of, of people heading into the work heading to work, and you know. Starting off the work week in the right fashion. Misery. I start the day, the Monday morning, with a mighty groan of, <laughs> And that kind of, conti- people hear that throughout the day from my work <laughs> space. They hear, Ugh! You know, it's sort of that well, existential despair. I, I I like to start out as soon as I pop up with a... Very depressing inner dialogue of how I've not made it 
I'm a complete worthless human being. You didn't so get far. the promotion. Did you get the promotion? No, you didn't yeah. get it. No, 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 you didn't. You didn't get no, it. No, you didn't. Did are you finish you that project on time? No, you didn't finish it. <laughs> are, no. are you a team player? No. No, I'm not. No. Carol undermined you once again in front of the entire team because you're an idiot and you're spineless. I, uh, I hate my life. I hate everything about it. Uh, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm at this point in my life as, yep. a, as a grown man. And I'm at near, near tears. Well, I'm 45 years tears. old. I mean, I'm 45. I'm literally halfway through my life. And look around. Got the old Red Sox calendar on the wall. <laughs> got the, got the uh, just talking about the Celtics, you know. I actually, this kid, you know, the whole March Madness bracket thing. This, well, I'm, this, I'm well aware of it. Yep. Yeah, this kid asked me if I did that. And I said, no, I'm not really into, you know basketball in general i'm not into college basketball and he said yeah i don't really do it either he said people really get into it and i said well i can't speak for high school kids but for adults it's to try to keep yourself from steering your car into oncoming traffic (laughs) either going to or from your job because that's it that's all you have to hang on to is your bracket or the red Sox winning i mean that's it you know, that's it. No, that's a, that's a good point because there there is a lot of hopes and dreams. I think it's it's the tournament's worth billions of dollars in um, in yeah. TV revenue. It's it keeps on going up every year. And those kids see nothing, not, none of that. <laughs> no, yeah, and that's we should do a podcast on that because that is bullshit. Not a dime. Not a dime. Well, it's a very you know I I was listening to a couple of guys talk about this on the radio. Um, it's kind of nuanced, you know, it's an interesting idea, uh, about college players getting to, you know, partake of that. And then then you have the whole thing about the scholarships, like, you know, a lot of these like football players and stuff don't even go to class. You know, I mean, they just, you know, I mean, we're getting off topic once again, but it, it is college sports are a huge industry unto themselves. Well, it's, it's mainly basketball and football. Yes. And I think that and some people are like, look, they're getting a free education. Yeah, they got a scholarship. But the amount of financial revenue that they're pulling into the university and the coaches are making millions of dollars. Yep. I think that the the kids, you know, maybe they're not paid like a check, but there should be a fund that that kid has access to after maybe he's 25 years old. Well, I know... You know Michael Jordan, I think, and like Kobe Bryant were really trying to get on the NCAA about like most of the kids, even if you're a top flight college basketball player, you're not going to the NBA. Yeah. And they're like, these guys are graduating. They have no skills. Like they've not gone to class. They they have no time to go to class. Like forget wanting to go to class. And it's a lot of window dressing about, well, we're, you know, we really have tutors for our athletes. And if you're playing high, if you're playing football for the university of alabama you're there to play football i mean the case closed like you're not there to you know i mean and i remember this player was saying that he said i feel badly taking these scholarships from academic kids and he said i really am not interested in going to class like i'm here to play football and the argument was like you know baseball has minor leagues they don't they don't bother even with college and, you know, a case was being made for that with football and basketball. But there's so much money for the schools 
that they don't want to lose that. So, all right, let, let's let's pull this back to well, thank God it's Monday. You know what I'm, you know we've, what I'm, we've lost eighty percent of our audience. Well, you know what I'm recalling when you mentioned taking the train Monday morning, going into work. I used to commute from Brooklyn to the Bronx, so it was about you know 45, 50 minutes on the D train, and the noise level on a Monday morning silence, utter silence. Nobody. <laughs> And this the was silence before of phones. Despair. Yeah, nobody was looking at phones or anything because you know people really. You had flip phones, I, but you know, no, nothing like it is now. Silence. And then, really, as the week went on, the volume level would go up. Like by Friday morning, it was really animated. Like people would be talking, chatting, laughing. But Monday morning, it was a graveyard, absolute graveyard. Well, that's an, that would have been an opportunity for you, Matt, to go up and down with high fives. Right. <laughs> and, and, it's Monday, and everyone. Bumps. <laughs> Come on, it's Monday. It's Monday. You would catch a, a fist right in the mouth after, after trying mm-hmm. to high five maybe two people. You'd get it. Could you imagine being in the Bronx and trying to walk up and down high fiving oh. people? Shh. Can you imagine uh, asking someone for a high five on the D train? <laughs> you would certainly get your ass kicked. Uh, certainly. Yeah, you might get away with two or three, maybe four, but eventually you'd run into that guy who would be like <laughs> that. Any ex- sometimes someone on the D train was looking for any excuse to start with you. You know what I mean? Well, well, the thing is to really get a, a solid ass kicking is when you get to that guy. He'll probably ignore you and not lift his hand up, but you don't take no for an answer. <laughs> he, you keep on that guy, and then you're surely going to get a punch to the face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At least a punch to the face. But, yeah, I, I noticed, like, uh, you know, even, like, driving to work like I do now. Like, Monday morning is very tense. People are right up on your bumper. People are really, you know, like, very aggravated and, you know, it kind of lessens, I mean, the drive to work is always, well, not always, but frequently interesting with people, the way people drive. But um, then on Fridays, I mean, I got out of work, you know, early. I get out at like 2.30 and it will be jammed. Like everybody just gets out of work on Friday. Like, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. The bars are, pe- there's this pub I drive by on Route 1. By three in the afternoon, that parking lot is packed, packed with people. It's it's so funny because the the mentality on a on a Friday afternoon when they get to work is as if Monday's never going to come around. Never. They're, it's it's free. They've literally been let out of prison. <laughs> They're free, and they never have to go back. But I'm I I drive past it, and I'm like. Does everybody? I mean, like I say, I'm on the road. I'm out of work, but you know, I I get to work by like six thirty in the morning. If you know, everybody talks about how hard they work and all that. I think on Fridays by noon, it's done. Wherever company, oh, done. You, you know, done. People are just out of there, and you know, well, the, the, the way I like to treat my Monday morning commute when I get on the train is, I, I get on the train and I, <clears throat> it's. I go between affirmations out loud and 
and air punches, <laughs> fist punches, kind of like Rocky, to really ramp up the system. You're listening to uh, Tony Robbins on your, on yes. your phone. <laughs> yeah. and, and people really appreciate it, all my fellow commuters. <laughs> they do. Tru- truly appreciate it. And, it, and my, my level, I'm just below a shout. I'm not a, a full shout, but it's pretty loud. I can picture you sitting next to a complete stranger saying, got a lot of accounts coming up this week, got a, got a lot of interesting prospects. See, I got this one client, but, and the person's like, oh my God, just shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're selling. I'm, I'm giving them the blow by blow yes. of how my week's going. And it's it's very rosy. It's a very... It's a very rosy picture. So you got this big A and E account, right? They got a lot of exciting shows coming up, and see what I'm trying to do. And the person's like, mm. "Who? What? Who are you?" <laughs> and, and then I, as soon as I step into work, I just get completely reamed for the <laughs> lack of business that I'm bringing into the company. <laughs> well, the the guy, and uh, we'll discuss it at greater length, but um, there was a guy. You know, this woman graduated from Harvard Business School. Um, you know, all her talks about all the optimism and all that when she graduated in the eighties and now like she went to her fifteen year reunion and people are either very neutral or they're very miserable at their jobs, making a lot of money, you know, one point two million dollars one guy was making a year. And he said, you know, is anyone really gonna remember that I made more like a half a percentage point more in interest for my client, you know, 20 years from now when I'm dead and spending 12 hours a day. And like, I just can't imagine waking up on Monday morning and that's your goal to like edge out another 0.5% of that investment. And that's, yeah, I mean, if you, if you do that, you know, over decades, and you just don't have the self-awareness to realize that it's a complete waste of time. I mean, you're talking when that realization hits you. Oh, that's like that's like a boulder coming off our mountain right on top of your head. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just really can't imagine like, you know, Monday morning is always tough for everybody. But just to stare down the barrel of a 60 hour work week doing something you really don't want to do. And. Everyone, he said, was trying to undercut him at his job. That just went on all the time. Everybody was trying to throw each other under the bus. And when he mentioned going to work for a startup to his wife, he would have to take uh, about a 50% pay cut to do something he really, he wanted to go work at the startup. So he would only make, what, $600,000 a year? His wife laughed at him. And his wife was, yeah, his wife threw the book at him. Like, no way. I would have to walk out. I would have to walk out of that marriage. I'd have to be like, look, I I can't, like, (laughs) you're not going to be satisfied with $600,000 a year. That's not going to satisfy you. Yeah, but when you look at their finances, I'm sure that they're living up to that 1.2 mil. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. And 1.2 million sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but he's pro- he's probably in the upper tax bracket. His, you know, he probably has one or two homes. His property taxes are in the tens and tens of thousands of dollars. He might have a country club membership. His kids might be going to private school and tutors, and maybe the, their daughter or son is doing horses. I could it could easily be where he's living somewhat paycheck to paycheck. Now all those externalities could be cut, but 
you know, once you get accustomed to that lifestyle, they don't want to cut it. They want to, they want to live like the Rockefellers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it boils down to choice. I mean, he's going to get up on Monday morning and, and he's going to shuffle off to that job and just keep doing what he's doing until he's, you know, I don't know, 75 and retires. And, <laughs> and the, the crazy, the crazy thing is, is a lot of people are working their asses off to accumulate and buy stuff that is just frivolous and they don't even need it just to, imp to impress their neighbors or friends. It's yeah. like, you know, it, it comes down to what's the point. Like in my life right now, I don't like, I don't care. Like I want a car when I get in, when I get up in the morning and I turn the key, it starts. I don't care what symbol is on it. I could care less. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, I know I mock all those quotes on uh, Instagram, but there was a good one. It was like, stop buying stuff to impress people you don't know and you don't like anyway. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's that's basically what it boils down to. Like, I don't I don't even I don't know this guy. This guy doesn't know me or she or, you know, whatever. So, you know, and I mean, when you see like a luxury car go by, you know, it's sort of like, OK, I mean, I don't I don't know that guy. I might look at it and think, wow, it's a nice looking Mercedes or Tesla or something like that. But after that, and, and I, I don't, I don't begrudging them. I mean, that's, no. that's their choice. I mean, they can, they can do what they want. But yeah. you know, some people are are paying like eight hundred bucks a month in a lease that they can't afford. Yeah, and I think that's what it kind of like. If if you're, you know, if you buy a luxury car and it really makes you happy, you know, and, and you're like, wow, I really work for that. You enjoy driving it. Like Jerry Seinfeld talks about that. He loves cars. He loves driving them. Loves the experience. Fine. You know, that's great. They do an auto show at Gillette Stadium every Thursday during the warmer months. And these, I think most of them are retired guys. They drive their, you know, cars they work on, things like that. Great. You know, great. But when you're just sort of buying stuff that you don't really care about and you're going to turn that car in two years later and get a new one you really can't afford. You know, I, I like to say I hope on Monday morning it's worth it. I really hope what it's I, worth what it. What I like to what I like to do is I like to get it in in any conversation. Yeah. Even if I'm not directly asked, like I'll just be like, "Oh, I drive a Porsche," and you know, the question might have been like, "Hey, how's that report coming?" And just <laughs> I just lay I just plant that seed in there that I'm a Porsche driver. Yeah, or I I try to just say, you know, like, uh, yeah, when I was, you know, I was backing up and um, it's a little hard to see out of the back window of the Porsche because, you know, but I just, <laughs> I just toss, toss it in there, toss it. Or, you know, it's weird being up so high when you drive the Range Rover, like you're up so high, you know, and you're looking around just like, oh, oh, I'm not saying, yeah, oh, yeah, by the way, I drive a Range Rover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and if they ignore it or don't pick up on it, keep on dropping oh. the hints oh, no, until they ask, right. oh, you... You own a Porsche? Or <laughs> right. You, you own a, a Range Rover? Of course I do. Yeah, it's, it's out in the parking lot. You want to come see it? There was a hotel, I guess, in Manhattan that served an omelet with caviar in it that cost $80, I believe was the price. And when someone ordered it, they would ding a bell. Like, wow, someone ordered the caviar omelet. And we were, I forget, I think I was working on a film set and somebody was talking about it. And it was like, ding, who's the idiot who ordered a caviar omelet for $80? Who's paying $80 for eggs here? Oh, it's that idiot over there who wants everyone to know. Or, or, or like they have like the, the gold flakes 
on food that are like <laughs> edible like that it's and it's like and it's like an extra i don't know 50 or 100 bucks it's like what idiot is ordering that it's like what we we spoke before in the podcast is bottle service yeah you know it's like a a 50 bottle of vodka you pay five thousand dollars for it's like well doesn't, doesn't make any sense you know, I mentioned that guy who was, he's not a friend of mine. I would never call this guy a mutual friend, but I know him through other people. And I had mentioned that the band I really liked, and they only ever charged $5 a concert. And they're from Washington, D.C. Every concert they play in D.C. is free. So it's always a benefit. And uh, not not free, but they, they donate all the proceeds to like women's shelters or whatever. And his... I was saying this is a positive. I was like, yeah, they've only ever, you know, charged five dollars. They they leave it at that and have turned down big record deals and all that. And his commentary was, Well, they can't be very good if they only charge five dollars. So my point being that there really are a lot of people who they only value things through money. Like there is no other rubric to judge anything on. Well well, I think that's a good a good metric. I mean, that, this right. podcast is free and it's terrible. <laughs> That's, it's, that, this is it's very absolutely true. Unlistenable. <laughs> this is very. Yeah, we. I, I am running counter to my point here. <laughs> that, uh, no, you can get quality stuff for free. Not this podcast, but I mean, <laughs> there's other stuff you can get for free. Okay, we, we've got to wrap this present up and send our listeners on their yeah, way. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Monday. Because you got to get up for work. Let's go. You got to get to work. What are you listening to a podcast for? Jesus. Yeah, let's go. Everybody hustle. Let me hustle, hustle on your way to work. Yeah, this has been 20 minutes. You've just wasted 20 minutes of your Monday morning listening to a podcast. Get to work. You have a project to do. Your boss is flying out to Toledo. He doesn't have the PowerPoint yet. Let's go. Jesus. Don't walk you run there. Sprint. <laughs> Sprint. <laughs> you know what you do? Run into your cubicle. Just start typing. Just start typing. 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 Just, just mm. type. Just type. And and throw throw some papers in the air. Like, <laughs> make it look like yeah. it's just this creative hurricane coming out of your cubicle. We're gonna do these life hacks for you guys to look busy with accomplishing nothing, and that that's yeah. an important. It's gonna life be. Skill. It's gonna be brilliant. Yeah. All right. That's gonna be valuable. Have a great week, everybody. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.